Hello and welcome to the Common Geeking Program. We are a book club style podcast where each episode we discuss a different topic from our own geeky and nerdy perspectives. Uh, I am your host, Jeff Levitt, and this week we are going to be taking a look at Infinity Train. Uh, and this time around, I am joined by not two, but just one uh, fellow nerd for a more intimate conversation. And uh, he can introduce himself. Hi, I'm Taimu, or Chowder, whichever you prefer. I'm totally not playing video games as we're doing this. Definitely not. And no one would have any reason to believe otherwise. Absolutely uh, not. <laughs> we are going to start off by summarizing and discussing our little topic here, and then end with a little rating section where we decide if the uh, the topic is worthwhile and enjoyable. Uh, specifically with this one, I want to talk a little bit about shows that kind of pivot their main character because infinity war i mean we'll get into train. it a bit more but <laughs> sorry infinity train infinity you war yeah. you keep calling it infinity war and it's did i call yes. it that the first time yeah i did oh my god i'm pretty sure infinity you train well <laughs> then you can you can edit me saying if i did then you can edit edit this edit in this very monotone version of me saying train uh, over where I said Infinity War the first time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, in Infinity Train, we'll get into it more, but each season basically follows a, a new, more or less entirely new set of characters with some reoccurring guys. Um, but yeah, uh, with that, with that said, let's, uh, get on into the discussion. All right, so Infinity Train is a show on Cartoon Network. Is that right? Cartoon Network. The first season was, right? Yeah. It's a Cartoon Network. Yeah, the first two yeah. seasons were on Cartoon Network. And then uh, the third season transitioned to what? HBO Max? HBO Max, yeah. It's a it's a new streaming service that, uh, from what I'm looking at, ain't that half bad. It's got a lot of good stuff on it, so. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems to have some uh, some Miyazaki movies on it, which is yeah. irritating because I figured that those would be on Disney Plus, which I, they weren't. I figured they'd be on Netflix eventually, considering they're on Netflix everywhere else but America. Yeah, no, they're. Uh, I, I looked this up the other day because we were wa- trying to watch a. Um, we were trying to watch from Oakland Poppy Hill, and apparently it's like, oh yeah, it's everywhere but the United States, Canada, and Japan, and I'm like, of all the fucking places. <laughs> it's hilarious bizarre but yeah that's neither here nor there um but basically the the overarching plot of infinity train is there is this infinite train with shocker there from which uh people get brought to if they have some sort of like emotional trauma or like basically shit they got to work through with themselves and they're the uh, passengers on the train, and they have this little number on their hand that when it goes up, basically they're they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing to deal with their shit. And when it goes down, you know that that means that they're actually dealing with their problems in a healthy way. And when it reaches zero, they're brought back to their their normal lives. Um, and the train has a variety, infinite variety of uh, basically wacky different train cars that have different worlds. That are filled with these these creatures. Well, I don't. Yeah, I mean, 
they're they're called denizens. They're basically just like the inhabitants of the train. So like on one car they might be talking dogs, and on one car they might be gorillas with tubas on their back, and on another car they might there be, be un- water people. There are lots of trauma. Yeah. So uh, yeah, basically they the the whole collective of the the wacky beings that live on the train in general are called yeah. denizens, um, and their role basically is to help. You know, I like the, it's it's sort of played with and we'll get into this more whether or not the denizens are actually sentient. Um, but they're the reason that they're there is to basically help the passengers work through their shit just by being, you know, other in other beings that they're interacting with. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a train that you bring your baggage to. And by baggage, I mean emotional baggage. Yeah, I'm into it. And uh, so, obviously, as one might ex- might expect, each uh, each car brings its own problems. Sometimes there's like puzzles that you have to solve to get to the next car. And um, this idea is explored mostly in the first season with yeah. our ma- first main protagonist, who is a girl named Tulip, who is dealing with the the recent divorce of her parents. Um, so we kind of follow her, and along the way, she meets up with this little robot named One One, who's basically got like a split personality, and he's you know one of the one of, of the ones is really is happy. happy and joyful, while the other one is glum, and a real depressed yeah, all the time, a real bummer. And he's <laughs> just a really good, great character. Um, and, and then eventually, she joins up with uh, Atticus, who is a talking corgi, and who is, is, also is a the king. king yeah, the king oh, of the, the corgis. <laughs> I, 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 it's neat that they chose Atticus as the other, um, the other companion for Tulip, because like I feel like that decision was just made to play to pay homage to the uh, the pilot episode in which she goes into the corgi. Yeah, no, no. Land. Like I, I remember an interview where uh, uh, the creator said that like originally it wasn't planned for Atticus to be. Uh, another like tag along, but like people like yeah. Atticus so much in the pilot that they were like, mm-hmm. okay, let's let's work with this. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. like you know, he he doesn't necessarily need to be there for the rest of it, but like he he definitely is a, an enjoyable side character who doesn't really yeah. get like a, an abundance of characterization or anything like that. But he's a he's a fun fun guy to have around. Yeah, yeah. and so you know, basically, like, what's like, interesting about like the way Infinity Train got <clears throat> greenlit was that like you know, Cartoon Network released the pilot with, you know, yeah. not, no plans for, like, making it an actual series. And then, like, uh, like people online just uh, were really uh, supportive it, it of it. Ate it the fuck know? up. Yeah. And uh, they, like, really made it, uh, voiced that out that, like, they want this to be a thing, you know? So if you ever come across a pilot that you really like, don't be loud about it. You might get yeah. hurt. Well, because my understanding was, like, around that time, weren't they kind of releasing a lot of, like, mini short pilots and, I mean, like, sort of unofficially kind of, like, hearing, listening I mean, like, to, like, pi- which pilots people, get, which one? Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, pilots get released all the time, it, and it doesn't always yeah, necessarily, but, yeah. No, but I mean, around that time, it was, like, a thing where they were, like, releasing one, like, every other week or something like that. Uh, maybe. I don't remember. It was quite yeah. a while ago. Anyway, well, so the first season follows Tulip, who's kind of like a a, a nerdy sort of com- computer science minded girl, which is really interesting to see her like solving all the puzzles because she like, you know, sort of speaks out loud 
and you know follows a bunch of like gamer logic and nerd logic and stuff like that and it's a it, it's a really interesting yeah you know because like people watching the show will have those same sort of like thoughts about things but usually that doesn't actually get represented in an actual show so i really like tulip as a character because you know she's actually like talking through things probably in a lot of the same ways that the audience is like thinking about the the plot structures of the episode and stuff like that so it's pretty cool um so the no it's really interesting so like a lot of the first season is kind of her working through her trauma but also just exploring the idea of like what the train is um and like the big you know, uh, underlying plot is there's this like horrifying, I, I think it's later called the, um, what is conductor. it? Yeah. No, not the conductor, but the, the other one, the, the face robot, the false conductor. No, no, no. The false conductor is, is Amelia, but there's the, the fucking, oh my gosh, I'm, it's going to, this is going to kill me. The steward. Oh, 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 the steward, stewardess. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 With the, porcelain face and the wires and the oh god that's freakiness yeah yeah definitely. yeah so the the underlying plot is this this steward is running around and and basically like messing with the mechanics of the ship and we sort of later find out that there that it's working for quote unquote the conductor of the train which turns out to not actually be a conductor but just another passenger who is stuck on the train and is really not dealing with her problems in an effective way <laughs> Her number is through the roof and, you know, she's just trying to use the basically the illusions of the train to recreate her own life after her husband died. And it's it's real fucked. Um, But, you know, season season one is kind of simple because it's basically setting up the framework for like ideas that don't necessarily have time to get explored in the first season. And then they run with those in the later seasons. Yeah. And then uh, see. And, like, in season two, we get, like, sort of new versions of that Infinity Train story where mm-hmm. it's a new it's a new protagonist, but, like, uh, they're going through different shit and also different things go awry in different ways. That's yeah. That's not how you pronounce that word. A-W-R-Y. How do you pronounce that word? Awry? Awry? I don't. Awry? Awry. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's um, it's interesting too because like, right, like season one ends and and Tulip gets off the train, right, and that that kind of concludes Tulip's story, and then they're like, oh, season two is happening, and we're like, well, what is season two going to be? Is it just going to be a new passenger? And then the main character of season two, interestingly, is a character that showed up in one episode of the first season, where basically Tulip goes onto this mirror car and then her reflection gets out of the mirror and is trying to basically like take her place and go live its own life. Right. And this is just like a one-off episode, right? Of course she ends up beating the bad guy and going on and going about her life. But then the star of season two is that reflection of Tulip, which I thought was a really interesting way to like, I mean, this doesn't share between season two and season three, but it was a really interesting way to keep that same like, character without it being the same character yeah and, you know because like, like they're we... still the same voice actress as tulip but now we're following mt who is like you know got her own stuff that she's dealing with and she's a fundamentally different character than tulip but it, it holds that bit of connectivity that kind of like threads the seasons together right and and like there is also like a traditional passenger in jesse who's the other main character 
less yeah, than but he's empty, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, yeah, I like that it flips on its head by having the passenger be the you know the secondary character, which is really like where we're exploring this idea of like, are the denizens actually sentient? Do they have their own things going on? Or are they just there to help the passengers, which I think would be a pretty sad conclusion to come to considering like all of the fun and memorable characters from season one. So I like that they took it in the direction of like, no, we're like, we're really exploring the idea of like what some of the denizens go through. Yeah, and it's and like, yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah. And you know, a lot of season two is really just kind of understanding the mechanics of the infinity train itself. And also yeah. some of the fallout we see of like, what? The consequences I mean, of all the Amelia stuff from season one. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, for there's one episode where we see a bunch of that a bunch of kids have started a cult uh, on <laughs> in on, honor of Amelia, thinking yeah. that one one is like a fake. And oh yeah, we should know. mention that it turns out one one is the real conductor, and he had his memory, and his memory was faulty. So at the end of season one, they put one one back in place and kind of beat Amelia at her own game. Just to make that sentence that you just said make any sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And but yeah, no, the, the cult that's introduced in season two is is basically, you know, defying the fact that 1-1 is the conductor and is like, no, this creature, which we know to be Amelia in her mech suit, is the real conductor. And well, you don't, don't want your don't number know, to... They don't know she's Amelia. They, no, yeah, they yeah, but I'm saying yeah, yeah. we know that. We know that she's <laughs> Amelia. But and their their whole thing is you don't want their your number to go down. You want it to go up. It's like a video game, and all of the denizens are just like non sentient beings. So we can do whatever we want with them, which is like a really interesting concept because like when you're left in this state of not really being sure about whether or not the denizens are sentient, it's like it's pretty screwed up to see all these kids just like going and abusing all of the other passengers and killing a lot of them. But like. It's hard to totally entirely blame them when you when they're like acting from a mentality of like, oh, I've been told that these are just like side characters in a video game. Because like we've all fucking played a video game where we'll just like push random people off a cliff or something because like yeah. they're not real people. Right. So it's exploring that idea. That I have totally not gone on a killing spree in Skyrim before. Absolutely <laughs> Yeah, so then then that would and then it follows the pattern between season 1 and 2 where a a random one-off episode becomes more significant in the next season because in the third season the characters that we're following are the leaders of this cult basically. And you know, they were they were they're just like these, you know, rough and tumble teens that we meet in the first season, but they end up getting trapped away from their little cult and, you know, meeting another girl whose number is faulty. Then we later find out that she's sort of a, a denizen. She's sort of a denizen, but not a denizen because she was like a failed clone of Amelia or something. Um, Amelia's husband, which is yeah some wild shit. And there better be a yep. goddamn season four because I gotta know more. Yeah, so that's the that's the interesting thing that's different about season three is it it does not resolve its own story. I would say, like, I mean, there are beats of the story that are resolved, but there is a lot more that is quite unresolved. So it seems like season four is probably going to be following that same story instead of switching to a new one. 
which I'm not inherently Appar- against. Like, apparently but... right now, that's up in the air. Like, HBO might not pick up a fourth season, and, hmm. you know, people are on Twitter trying to get Infinity Train renewed for a fourth season, and it's like... What yeah, the hell? You, you say, have you have gold here. What are you doing? Renew Infinity Train, yeah. Like, personally, I would say if they end up not renewing it, probably the way to watch the show is to just stop at the end of season two because it's a much better, like, ending. And I, like, personally, I'm not as big a fan of season three as the other two seasons. I, I rather liked season three. Like, I like I, the darker I liked turn elements, it takes, but, but yeah. yeah. I do... I mean, I do, I respect that it, it goes to dark places, but I feel like part of the the joy, like part of the enjoyment of Infinity War is balancing out those darker undertones with the lighter exterior, and season three kind of abandoned a lot of that lighter exterior, or at the very least kind of I had mean, it it's, it's burn, I mean, it's harder but, to get lighter when, like, Thanos snaps half the universe away, but, you know. Sure, but that's not... Did I say Infinity War again? God you said Infinity man. War again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is this motherfucker really comparing it to... I was like, oh, I said, okay. The Part of the reason I enjoy Infinity Train is for that reason. So I feel like I, I'm trying to reserve at least a little bit of judgment on season three because I do feel that it is an incomplete story at the moment, unlike the right. other two seasons. So, like, you know, it definitely could could turn around in season four and just be a twice as long story as the other ones. But where it sits right now, it's just like, Hey, we introduced like one new likable character and he got, or she got killed halfway through the series. And it's like, okay. I mean, uh, Hazel was a pretty (laughs) likable character and you know, it's, I mean, Hazel, Hazel wasn't dislikable, but like I feel like we didn't really get enough time to fully explore Hazel because right. we just kind of got the bombshell dropped on us like near the end there. That right, you know. So like Hazel really for me felt like more of a conduit for for Grace working through her shit rather right. than her being like her own well defined character. And that I hope will probably change in season four if it if it gets released because now Hazel's kind of like on her own with Amelia, so we're probably going to be seeing a bit more of her as a protagonist. But in season three, I don't really think that she gets enough time to, like... Develop. Yeah, be, I know. I get, yeah, I be that. developed as a character. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like the idea, though, of, like, each season kind of pivoting to a not unrelated new story, but something that, like, sprung off of a seemingly insignificant detail from the previous story. Because, like, I think that it really helps world build because when you start exploring like just some of these ideas that you drop throughout the episodes that lets your mind sort of wander and be like, well, what's happening with everyone else? Like what's happening with the Randalls? What's happening? Like those people are probably all having their own stories that we're just not getting. Right. Right. Because like each episode has little hints and stuff that it drops that, you know, gives implication to this larger sort of universe that they inhabit on the train. So there are like infinite of these stories and, you know, by having them have like little interconnected details, it really does kind of help the world build, I feel. Yeah. And I think having that set up works really well because like you get to tell new stories and get Mm -hmm. more ambitious, try new things and, you don't have to like ruin the good parts of a previous story to do that, you know. Yeah. Like, Tulip story isn't 
like, you know, we've all seen, like, that show where, like, there's stuff we really like, but then, like, it keeps going, and it keeps going, yep. Yep. And, it, <laughs> and it just uh, rots away over time. But, like, Infinity Train doesn't have to run into that problem. Even if you didn't... Now Tulip is the conductor, and she's an <laughs> evil dictator <laughs> governed by the laws of math. Like, yeah, no, Tulip is... Tulip's done. We're done with Tulip. Tulip. Maybe Tulip. she'll show up later in some way, but probably not in any significant way, and that's yeah. chill. Yeah, like, even if you didn't like uh, Gra- Grace's story as much, yeah. it's fine, because the previous two seasons are relatively unaffected by that, so you... Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because, like, you know, it's it's interesting, too, because, like, Every once in a while, an episode will bring up these ideas that causes the viewer to be like, wait, I didn't think about that aspect of it. And then it will drop it just as quick, sort of in a similar way that um, Adventure Time does that. Because like, 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 unlike Adventure Ad- Time. Yeah, but unlike Adventure Time, they actually explore it eventually. Yeah, <laughs> where Adventure Time will just bring it up and then forget about it. Maybe they'll come back to it several years later. Fun. Yeah. And I, like and to be fair, right? I think there's value in both of those and there's there I would is say value. several I would yeah. say there's several like instances of that as well in Infinity Train, but it's like it gives you enough of those that you're sort of sort of not sure where the story is going to go next, but you do know that it is going to follow one of those, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no. Or is yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Uh, like there's definitely value in both those approaches. I just prefer what Infinity Train does simply because, I don't know, I'll, so often with Adventure Time, I'll be like, oh man, I can't wait for more of this thing. And then I don't get more of that thing. And it's like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I still like yeah. Adventure Time, just different tastes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, uh, it, yeah, much more of a, an abusive experience, I would say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Adventure Time is. But. But in a way that, you know, you keep going back to Adventure Time. It's It's got some good things. It'll give you something every once I in a while. I can't leave but... you, Adventure Time. I love <laughs> you. Well, yeah. Certainly, <laughs> fucking, they're making more now, so. Yeah. Welcome back. Um, <laughs> but, no, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's totally fair to say that it's, that it, you know. But it, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. I just, it's such a strange uh, comparison you make. When you say abusive, you know, but yeah, yeah, uh, but um, but yeah, no, I like I think one of the things that really works about Infinity Train is that like similar to Adventure Time, like it has these things that are sort of you know dark enough, like gray enough morally and ambiguous enough that like you don't know how to totally feel about all of the things that happen, right? Because like you know, we we see an episode where Tulip is fighting against an evil mirror version of herself, right? And, you know, she's trying to escape and not get replaced. And then the whole next season is being like, yeah, actually, Mirror Tulip is not evil. She just wants her own life. And fucking wouldn't you? And you're like, oh, shit, you're right. And you're just like, you know, like thinking about all it, it kind of recontextualizes things from the previous season that make you think about a little bit more, but not in a way that like really detracts from what you saw the first time. It's just like, yeah, I mean, still you can't really blame Tulip in that situation either. Right. Like she doesn't understand that, that mirror Tulip was totally sentient. And you know, if she did, she would probably do more about it. But from her perspective, it's just like her reflection is trying to take over her life. And like, even, even then, <laughs> Tulip still helps out Mirror Tulip. So, you know. Yeah. 
And, yeah. uh, no, I don't remember totally how that episode goes, but like the way the episode goes is like Tulip found a way for like Mirror Tulip to like. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and like the cool, like the interesting tidbit is that like at the end of the first season, you see like regular Tulip looking out a window, and you see that she has no reflection. While that I was wondering that, I didn't yeah. notice that. Okay, that's really fucking cool. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, so, I, I think the best way, or, like, Infinity Train has a very surreal vibe to it. There's something dream-like yeah. to it, both both in I the whimsical of... sense of a dream and also the, oh, God, everything's weird and fucked sense of, that a dream comes yeah. with. See, if any season extended to, like, get explored more, I would sort of want a continuation in some way of season two story. Cause I really would like to know how mirror tulip and Jesse are doing out in the real world. Cause she's, yeah, clown. that's, that so, is interesting because <laughs> I feel like, you know, I'm interested at least in some way to see like what her continued story is, but obviously infinity train got to stay on the train. Right. But I, it would be that. interesting to see that the story of Jesse and mirror tulip come back in some way. I mean, her, her, her name at that point is like that. So I guess. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Like, yeah. sorry. But, um, but because like her skin is still chrome, chrome yeah. right? And <laughs> and also like and, I I I think they are a cute couple, and I would like to see them together. Yeah, word. Also, it would be hella dope if we could see Mirror Tulip go and find a uh, fucking regular Tulip. Because also, we don't totally know the time gap between these seasons, right? Like, I think we know the time gap well enough between season two and three because you know uh, Grace and. Uh, What's his name? What's the, Simon? Simon? Simon. Yep. Is that the, yeah, Grace and Simon are relatively the same age that we see them in season two. But like, for all we know, how like how fucking long could Mirror Tulip have been trapped on that thing? Right? Like, this could take place like ten years after season one, and we wouldn't know. It'd be kind of yeah. cool to see. Or it could be right after. But I don't mm-hmm. know. I think it'd be mm-hmm. kind of interesting to see those characters like reunite in some way even if it's not like oh following them on all new stories but like maybe like a little epilogue thing just to see yeah 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 Yeah. no which maybe they will if they ever decide to like give the series a proper close which i think would be a beautiful way to do that but um yeah yeah, i don't know it it, like it leaves enough there that you you still want to know what's going on with their stories but like gives it enough closure that you're all right kind of letting go and letting it have a nice little ending rather than, like you said, continuing on until it gets bad. Uh, <laughs> you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. <laughs> yeah, no. Infinity Train actually reminds me of this video game series called uh, Silent Hill. Because, mm-hmm. like, each Silent Hill game is, you know, a different char- character, but all of them take place, well, almost all of them take place in a place called Silent Hill, this sort of haunted town that like warps and changes itself to to depending on like the person who's in it so it's different for each it creates a different experience for each person uh, up to including like the monsters and them being representations of that person's psyche in the first game it was like this uh dude who was looking for his daughter who got lost in silent hill in the second game it's uh it's like this dude who got got like a letter from his dead wife and he's like what she's been dead how i gotta go to silent hill and see what that's all about and third it was hmm. he- heather mason who 
it, it, you get the idea. And then, yeah. and then, ap- and then after four, Cap- or Konami decided to fire the original team that created Silent Hill, give the games off to American studios where they kept trying to make crappy action games and bleh. <laughs> but like the general idea yeah but the general idea of Silent Hill is that like the setting is the real star of the show and the people right. and, and the people there are there to explore their own shit but you know it's one and done yeah which I, I think is probably why I had a bit more of hesitance towards season 3 is because they they don't really explore the cars a lot more which makes sense in context of the characters because like that our two main characters literally don't believe that any of the people on the cars are sentient, but they yeah. didn't really like, I don't know. They didn't like have enough stories where like, we're really seeing like the way the puzzle works. Like they give us a few, they give us a few cars, but they're just kind of like the background elements for that episode. Right. They don't interact with any of the characters in a meaningful way. Although I, yeah, I think that uh silent hill compare. Yeah. Although I think that silent hill comparison is, why I like season three, or why I ended up liking season three, because for me, mm-hmm. Infinity Train was all always this kind of like light horror kind of thing with yeah. like whimsical elements. So, so that's why uh, I can like kind of dig what season three was doing. But I can totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, I I just felt like the balance wasn't quite there for like why I enjoyed the show quite as much. In terms of like the the like darker undertones and the the more pleasant overtones, but yeah, no, I'm trying to think of like other shows that that do this and kind of like pivot main characters and stories. I know that like a few shows bitched out upon it, like um, in Lost, uh, they were originally going to kill the main character Jack after like the first episode <laughs> and pivot it, and then they're like, nah, but we can't do that. I know <laughs> Heroes. Uh, was originally going to be a different story about superhero p- people every season, and then they bitched out of that, that, and then, you know, brought back the main cast, and Heroes is, like, one of the biggest examples for me of, like, a show that started off real strong and just got bad as it went along. Yeah. Um, but then there's, story, there's, like, American Horror Story and things like that, which, like, where each season, like, I don't, I don't watch American Horror Story, but I know that each season is, like, its own, you know, set, standalone horror story, right? Right. I, and think I, so. it's kind I, of, I don't know anything about American Horror Story either. Uh, it's basically like each season is a different like horror themed thing, and like all what's interesting about that show is it's the same cast, but like it uses the same actors every season, but they all play different characters, and it's not like oh they're the same character who's playing like the same archetype in a different story. It's like they shuffle around the cast. So like you know one season the the evil vampire might be the same actor who in the last season was like the main protagonist or something like that, which I right. think is a kind of neat, neat idea to like keep a consistent cast, but also tell different stories that don't follow the same characters at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, going back to like Tulip being like someone who likes to make video games and thinks like in video game terms, I, mm-hmm. I think a good reason for that is because like a lot of video games do who, what, uh, infinity train, does a lot like i just yeah. mentioned silent hill but also the legend of zelda does that a lot because yep. like each game is it's a different link in a different era of hyrule and and like it makes sense why video games tend to do that right because uh, many games are about exploring 
video game mechanics. Developers want the freedom to be like, hey, I want to explore this kind of video game mechanic or do this kind of thing with the setting. But I don't want to be bound down to the plot of whatever. Yeah. And it, game, it's game an interesting is. thing, too, because, like, a lot of those games, the, the main character isn't really anything other than just, like, an avatar that you put yourself through. So, yeah. like, I, Pokemon's I feel another like, good example, actually. Like, yeah, each generation so, is, yeah. No, go so on. I feel like tu- Tulip is basically that concept, but just cutting out the middleman, where, like, instead of, like, the, the blank slate character being an avatar for the gamer, Tulip just is a gamer, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like still sort of like following that that logic by like, you know, having Tulip being someone you can project yourself onto because it's trying to follow the same sort of, you know, like, like it's trying Tulip's to do the like, way a gamer would think. Like right? Tulip's like the kind of person who like watches a movie and it's like, if I were in that position, I'd be doing this. And I, I, exactly, we are all yeah. guilty of that kind of thinking because yeah. or it's, it's at like least a, the. Go ahead, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's it's a fun kind of little game you like we like to play, you know, like just like imagining ourselves in the scenario and thinking about how we'd handle it, like yeah. zombie apocalypse plans and whatever, what have you. And it, I don't know, it's just kind of refreshing to in a cartoon see like the character figure out like logical beats the same time that you do, rather than like ten minutes after. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Where it's just yeah. like, oh, when is when is X character going to figure out this thing that I've already figured out because I understand plot structure? Whereas Infinity Train, it's more just like, when you figure out, almost like seconds afterwards, Tulip will be like, oh, like, it's clearly because of this for these reasons. And it's like, hey, I thought that same thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, Tulip's a very, I'm, a, I'm about to use some $10 words here, postmodern character in the sense that like, <laughs> in the sense that like, she is someone who, consumes media and does, yeah. is influenced by it the same way the audience would be. Uh, yeah. Which I, I feel like, it, you know, Tulip I don't think is unique in that aspect. I feel like other shows not, have oh, no, done no, that other, more recently. Uh, yeah, but. no, other shows have definitely done that All also. It's not unique, but like it's like that sort of trend of characters who, you know, yeah. uh, who like, all, like TV show characters who also watch TV, so... Like they, yeah, I sort of maybe that's like why I'm drawn to compare Infinity Train to uh, Adventure Time because like I feel like Finn is also that way in Adventure Time, like he follows like D and D logic and stuff like that. But then the frustrating departure of Finn is that he has absolutely zero curiosity about the things in the world around him, unlike the viewer, which is why it leads to that sort of, you know, relationship that you have with the show where it drops drops little seeds of thing that are never pursued because the characters just don't care, you know? Yeah, and it's like, and it's like, it's kind of like watching someone play Dark Souls and they're ignoring all the little lore tidbits in the background. Because in You're Dark right, Souls, because yeah. <laughs> in Dark, because in Dark Souls, like the the lore and the stuff that's going on isn't really spelled out to you, so you could yeah. just play the game without ever caring about that. But because it's a video game, you do have the choice to just like sit by and just read a little bit and do that or look at that thing, and you know it's up to you if you want to. But like with Edge Time, because it's a show, 
yeah. they have to follow Finn. So you're like, wait, no, Finn, wait. Right. And like, and Finn is like the kind of character who doesn't give a shit about all the extra lore bits in a game. Like, he just like fucking wants to go do all the battles things. So it's like when you're watching that show and you're not that type of gamer, you're like, no, motherfucker, go check that the fuck out. Like, that seems important. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. yeah, anyway. No, so so I like that I like that uh aspect of Infinity Train where, you know, uh Tulip especially in season 1 obviously is like very much in tune with that kind of logic which which gets us sort of in the groove of interpreting the world in the same way that she does, which means when we start to explore different stories in that world in seasons 2 and 3, we're sort of I don't know. It, it kind of like fuels a sort of different, um, different understanding of the world than if it had just been set up like a normal show. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm having a hard time totally articulating what the difference is, but I think I think no, you, no, I totally get what up. you mean. Yeah. Like, like Tulip brings something very different than what uh, MT and Jesse did, and it's like, uh, yeah, and it's like, no, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I just don't yeah, know how to yeah, say right. it. <laughs> But, like, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I think it's important that Tulip came first and that, like, that helps contextualize, you know, the way we think about the world going forward, right? Because yeah. I would say that the, the story of MT and Jesse is uh, not, maybe not in plot, but in sort of, like, the vibe of the character's motivations is much more similar to, like, a typical story where, like, the hero is trying to find something out, something out about herself and is trying to like get off this, you know, get out of this world or whatever, and is very much experiencing it like a normal, like typical character would. Whereas we've already seen the experience of like the way that Tulip experiences the world, which I think for the target demographic of the show is much more similar to the way that we would be experiencing it. So it, it kind of, you know, it, 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 pushes enough room aside so that they can go that more typical character route in previous seasons and explore it in different avenues, but still have it have that sort of context with it. Yeah, and it also, like, gives them room in the third season to explore characters who are not uh, open to exploration <laughs> themselves, because, like, yeah. they're really bad people, and it's about them learning to not to be bad people, unless you're Simon. Yeah. And then you just melt into a skeleton and dust. Yeah, that's that's real fucked up. Uh, they're they're still fucking teenagers. So <laughs> that one was like, whoa, okay. I guess the, <laughs> like, that, that that was that it was that pretty was fucking indication. graphic. That was yeah, pretty fucking that, graphic. Yeah. Like I kind of suspected earlier when we fucking tossed uh, Tuba off the train, but we didn't see the death. But when that when that death of Simon happened, I was like, "Whoa, is this on a different network?" And like that's when I looked <laughs> that up, and I was like, "Oh, yes, it is." Oh <laughs> um, uh, no, that totally caught me off guard too. I'm like, "What the?" But uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's probably a good place to to wrap up our little discussion here, so we can move on to the rating section. What do you say? Yeah. All right, thank you, Chowder, for a, an infinite discussion. We're still discussing and always will be, and you can't stop us because it's infinity, war, train, whichever. I'm easy. We, we always both, will be discussing it. Good. We always have been discussing it. Yeah. Because it's infinity. Yeah. It, it, infinity goes backwards as well. 
completely negative. But now, well. now we're moving on to the infinite rating section, where we will be trapped for the nest for the rest of our natural lives. Um, and we're each going well, to rate this unless topic. we can figure out the puzzle and the caboose, and then we can move on to the next one. Where we then True. How can there be a if it's infinite backwards? How can there be a caboose? Now we're going to move on to the rating section, where each of us are going to rate this topic on a scale from 1 to 10. I mean, I feel like train cars is the obvious one. Right? Yeah, I mean, we got train cars, we got those cockroach things that, like, suck the soul yeah. out of you. We got uh, decomposing skeletons. Take your pick. I mean, we could also do, like, the number on your hand, like... But then that would be kind of reverse because we'd want the number to be lower. I think we're just going to keep it simple and go with train cars, you know, but with the understanding that it is, of course, infinite in other directions. But yeah. we are being Or stuck. donut holers. You could use donut holers. Oh my god, donut holers. One, one to ten Randalls. Uh, <laughs> 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 fucking whatever you want to rate it as. Uh, Chowder, how do you feel about Infinity Train? You know what? Uh, I'm going to give it like nine uh, train cars out of ten. Because it's really good. It really explores these characters, and these characters are like very real feeling people. Like they, like oftentimes in a show, a character will go through a conflict that's like, uh, I understand where they're coming from, but like this is also, uh, but their issue is so unrelatable that it's like there's like a distance mm -hmm. between you and them. But like here, it's like. Yeah, no, I really fe feel them on how they're feeling, and there's something very real. And I was, and I really dig this surreal vibe that like the yeah. train brings. And so, yeah, nine, nine, you nine know, out of ten. Something's kind of interesting to me that so like when Tulip and MT and Jesse get off the train, they have all their memories from being on the train cars, right? Yep. And, like, we see that lots of people are brought into this train. Like, basically, you know, like, fucking Tulip's parents got divorced. Like, surely that can't be the fucking highest magnitude of, like, you know, emotional trauma. Why don't people know about this train? So many people uh, throughout their lives must have gone on this train at some point. <laughs> yeah, Unless no. it just, like, picks selective people, and because there's so many people in the world, it seems like a lot to us, but, like, really, it's, like, a very comparatively small portion of the population, but, like... I mean, I imagine that's exactly why they aren't yeah. exploring what's going on in the real world outside of the Infinity Train, because yeah. if, <laughs> if they did, you'd have to contend with, like, the internet forums going, yo, did Y'all remember that crazy fucked up train thing, right? Right, and at least one other person on the internet would be like, I also experienced that. And then everyone else in the world who apparently is just like fucking really emotionally equipped or whatever would be like, no, this is like a crazy conspiracy theory. And then we'd have a fucking group of like fucking trainers out there that are like fucking equivalent to flat earthers except they're actually right and it would be a whole thing oh um, that's anyway <laughs> that's neither here nor there but uh <laughs> i think i'd give infinity train something similar probably like an eight or a nine out of ten train cars for me um yeah no it's it's a really good show i of course i like different you know the each seasons are like one more than the other i think i still like season one the best but i think that's mostly because Tulip is my favorite pr protagonist, and 1-1 is a really great character, and Atticus is fun, too. I do like uh, 
fucking Alan Dracula, the the fucking floating <laughs> mysterious godly deer that shows up in the second season. But yeah, I don't know. I, I I do enjoy all three seasons, even if I like season three a little bit less than the other ones. But it's just an overall really solid show, and it, it, it you know has those darker themes that it explores while still being really interesting and upbeat and uh, and wacky, which I think is a really great combination for cartoons, which is why I like Adventure Time and Steven Universe and, you know, other shows like it. But, yeah. Yeah, work. And with that, right. our number has gone down a little bit, so... Fuck yeah. We're Once we get to the end of our episode, maybe our number will reach zero and we will be let out of this infinite podcast nightmare that we are stuck in. Um, but that is going to wrap it up for us today, folks. Uh, thank you for listening to the Common Geeking Program. I've been your host, Jeff Levitt. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I've got an Instagram where I post art stuff every once in a blue moon. That is things I wish existed. And there's a dot between each word. At word. I also have a uh, toy review YouTube channel called Alchemist Prime Reviews. And I have been joined by Chowder. Chowder, where can people find you? Hi, I'm Timel Chaudhary, or Chatter, whichever you prefer. You can find me on Twitter, at Timel Chaudhary. Uh, I also run the Common Geeking Program's uh, Twitter account, at Geeking Program, so you can see that there, too. Sweet. Alright, and uh, yeah, our next episode is going to be airing on the third Friday in November, or our next proper episode, or our next uh, main podcast episode which is going to be on November 20th. And then we'll have another briefing program where we talk about the news on the first Friday, which is the 6th of November. And uh, yeah, thanks for subscribing, sharing, listening, everything that you do. And we'll talk to you next time. Ciao. The Common Keeping Program is hosted by Jeff Levin, joined this episode by Timel Chaudhary. This episode is sponsored by the word awry. My pronunciation of it went awry. The podcast is created and produced by Colin Ketchin and Jeff Levin and features original music by Colin Ketchin. This episode was edited by me, Time Will Children. We'd love for you to stay engaged with us on social media at Geeking Program or by using hashtag CGP. If you want to know more about us and all of our other projects, at commongeekingprogram.com. Stay in touch, stay tuned, and as always, thank you for listening to this podcast. Ciao.